What is up, Packers fans? Welcome to another edition of For Cheddar or Worst, Acme Packing Company's podcast covering the good, the bad, and everything in between surrounding the Green Bay Packers. I am your host, Chris Burke, joining alongside my co-host, Lindsay Hansen. On this, we are recording on a Victory Monday following a, <laughs> I mean, I think we all knew the Packers had a shot, but wow, after a 41-17 to victory over the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the Packers now in prime position to clinch a playoff berth Sunday night against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Lindsay, let's just do a vibe check. How are you feeling? Oh, my God. I am so, so very excited. It was so much fun. I lost my voice from screaming, um, but this time it was for all the good things that were happening yesterday. I was so just elated. The, this little Packers heart was a... Uh, and still is elated by that game. It's truly games like yesterday. We're reminded why we love this team and just football itself. It was just such a joy. Yeah, you know, it's given where they were, like, I cannot, like, they're actually doing this. I cannot believe they're actually doing this. They They not only have life, they have a real, real chance at going far if they continue playing like they did yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, you talk about getting hot at the right time, you know, and it's like we said, you know, it's like you, you called it earlier in the season. You really did. It's like, you know, instead of them getting home field advantage, you know, and coasting, maybe, maybe a challenge is what they need. And, you know, lo and behold, they're, they're playing well at the right time. I mean, they still got to take care of business against Detroit. Uh, We'll talk more about them later. These are definitely not your, your dad's lions, so to speak. Uh, that's definitely going to be a challenge of a game, but man, it's uh this is a welcome, welcome sight. Uh, it, you know, they at four and eight, you know, they had under 5% chance to make the playoffs. Now I don't know what it is. I mean, it's winning you're in. So, I mean, it's basically 50, 50. I, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but you yeah. know, they got a strong, they got a strong shot to make it. Uh, so given where they were, you know, definitely, definitely uh, improvement over where they were at four and eight when we were all throwing in the towel. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And I mean, let's, let's just jump right into it. A person who has been so fundamental in that momentum change and just this winning streak um, is Nixon. I mean, I just, I can't say enough good things about this man. He called it last week and damn, if he didn't make good on his word, he got that 105 yard return. It was our first kickoff return score in over a decade since uh, Randall Cobbs in 2011. And it almost looked because we all know he, he was, you know, he had that groin injury and he didn't practice um, at all this week. So we, we were under the impression, like we were like, "Mm," he was, you know, questionable, but you know, it didn't look good. And the fact that he was able to right out of the gate, just make that dominant, dominant play. It was the coolest, most fun thing. I was, it, it, it changed the game. It really, really did. And, um, it looked in the beginning, like he was almost jogging and then he started picking up speed and then he was just, he was gone. He was out of there. It was, I mean, he, he now has more return yards than any player in, um, in football and the, let's see. So the total he has right now, he's sitting at 930 and he's averaging, um, the NFL best right now of 30 yards per return. I mean, we went from a laughingstock of a special teams unit to the most dangerous uh, uh, punt return or, you know, punt and kick returner. Like that's, that's insane or kick returner rather, not punt returner. But yeah, I just, I can't even, I can't even say like, he's just, he's phenomenal. And then, you know, he only had three, um, he only played three, uh, three times. And then they, they sat him, um, you know, I think because of the injury, but 
Oh my God. I mean, were you as excited as we all uh, in the Slack chat were like, blonde hair, blonde hair. We, we <laughs> talked about it on, uh, on spaces too at halftime, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it finally happened. We finally got a kickoff return score. So to add context to that, uh, last year during the previous version of this podcast, when I was co-hosting I Love Gold with Tyler Brooke, I made a bet because the Packers have been ludicrously bad at special teams. I think we all know that. I said, you know, if the Packers score a touchdown on special teams, I will dye my hair blonde. Uh, if you guys, if anybody out there does not know what I look like, my hair is jet, very dark brown, borderline jet black. Um, just because I thought there was no way it would happen. And, you know, this year I know with, you know, with Bisaccia, they were going to be improved, but th- it, they did not look good to start the year again. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'll re-up this bet again. Eh, no big deal. Well, it came back to bite me in the butt. Um, definitely got to work out some logistics on that uh, in terms of timing. Uh, I do work in television now, so I, I'm not on camera, but I just got to make sure that that's kosher in terms of dress code and everything. But uh, just, just – you know, I, I, I am a man of my word otherwise, so stay tuned to details for that. But getting back to Keyshawn Nixon, uh, just, uh, you know, c- coming off a groin injury to make a run like that, to actually be able to complete a return of that length, uh, pretty good. I guess I guess the groin was feeling much better. Uh, they obviously had him sort of on a pitch count after that, you know, just trying not to ruin him. You know, and it's, it's getting to that point now where our people, it's almost like the Desmond Howard effect. You know, are the Packers, you know, are people going to start being, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Are the Packers going to, are people not going to kick to the Packers now? Like, have they, have they seen enough? You know, and I got to give Rich Passaccia credit too, really. Um, He's turned that group around. They are no, I mean, I, I, I almost think build the statue. You know, it's, you know, we, in terms of, oh, what are they going to do in the playoffs kind of a thing? Well, given where they were to where they are now, special teams got them to the playoffs, you know, especially as the offense has continued to struggle a bit when finding, finding consistency. Uh, definitely uh, a welcome surprise and all, all hell rich Pisaccia. Uh, he, he, he came as advertised. It just, they were building, it took time, but lo and behold, they made it. God, and it's so much fun to witness. I mean, it is just, we haven't had this in so damn long. And so to to be where we are right now, after where we started even just this season, it's incredible. Another, um, another key play yesterday was, I mean, there were so many. We have a long list in, in the cheddar section, which is so nice. We usually have a very long list in the worst section, um, but uh, this this one goes out to to Savage. So two drives after Nixon's stunning touchdown, um, Savage got a taste of the glory as well with his interception and subsequent 75-yard touchdown. Before either team converted a first down, the score was 7-3. Um, and before the offense scored, it was 14, three. So it just shows you how on fire this defense was yesterday. It was truly, truly just something to behold, you know, and, and Sam, she does our fan shots on, uh, on Facebook during the game. And she, you know, as she said, um, yesterday after that play he lived up to his last name on that one and and it's so true I mean it was just he was recently you know demoted and given his performance over the last couple weeks I mean he's he seems to be using it as fuel to just be better to um to really take you know I I maybe I don't know maybe this was time for him to like take inventory and and uh, and change the things that he wasn't doing, you know, uh, the best at. And Lafleur, you know, mentioned it too, in, in the uh, post game pressers, like just talking about giving him props for how he's responded to that, and telling him to, you know, essentially keep it up, and and he may find himself back um, to where he was. So, I mean, that it was just that was phenomenal. It was so much fun. 
Yeah, you know, and when you get benched like that, especially as a younger-ish, he's still a young player, I guess. Um, you know, when you get benched like that, that that's a gut check time. You know, players either go one of two ways. They either continue to snowball, uh, their confidence is destroyed, and then they are, they're pretty much done, you know, in terms of that iteration with the franchise. Or, you know, they, you know, they take their lumps, they suck it up, and they, you know, start, you know, they, they turn it around and, Savage definitely has looked, I don't want to say he's looked great overall, you know, into big picture, but he's definitely gotten better in the limited role. Um, obviously, that's not what you want out of a first round pick necessarily, but, you know, at least there's building blocks there. You know, and I still think Green Bay at the end of the season, you know, despite the high we're running right now, you know, I think, lot, you know, logistically speaking, realistically, I should say, you know, I still, safety definitely still needs to be high on their list in the shop in the season, but um, in the off season, but. Yeah, definitely a that was a heck of a pick six. You know, this is the first time the Packers have scored touchdowns um on offense, defense, and special teams in the same game since twenty fourteen. Uh last time that had happened, it was a punt return for a touchdown, not a kickoff. That was that was twenty eleven when Randall Cobb was a rookie, you know, I guess back in the Renaissance age, you know, since we make fun of his age all the time. But uh it you know, it yeah, definitely a welcome, welcome surprise. It was just phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about that play. Um, and so hopefully he keeps it up because, man, that would be that would be a, a welcome change as well. Um, so on that same on that same note, the defense just as a whole, I mean, oh my God. They were on fire. Like, did Joe Barry have someone in his ear telling him the game plan, what 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 plays to uh, to call and make, or is he finally beginning to understand, you know, football? Um, I mean, this defense held the Vikings to a field goal on the one yard line after that blocked punt. And then we had Savage Savage's interception. Um, being just one of four total turnovers for the game. And that brought our takeaway count over the last four games to 12, which is really, really impressive. So we had, so the four, the four takeaways were Savage's pick six, Amos with the deflected interception, Clark with that beautiful strip sack in recovery in the third, and then Ford with his own interception the third, his third as a Packer, um, and that was in the the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it. Please keep this up. Whatever you did yesterday, Joe Barry and defense, please continue doing that because my God, they were unstoppable. It was a blast to watch. Yeah, you know, it follows kind of a little bit of a pattern. What we've seen, you know, the Packers have shown flashes all season you know in terms of being dominant on defense um but you know they haven't put it together for an entire game so you know that's that's kind of been what's been dogging joe barry all season so they hey they they put it together at the opportune time uh sorry still think he probably needs to go at the end of the year but you know in terms of coming through it you know barring a super bowl win i guess we could start talking that way as crazy as that might sound Barring a Super Bowl win, I, you know, I, I don't, I still don't think he should continue, but, you know, they're, they're coming through at the right time, at least. So, uh, credit, credit to them, you know, Kenny Clark in Dece- December, January, uh, coming to life that, you know, he's, he's kind of had a up and down year. So that's a welcome development. Amos, same thing, you know, a little struggle at the safety, safety spot, but, um, boy, T- yesterday was definitely the TJ Slayton game, uh, deflecting passes like crazy, uh, you that that's a welcome addition, especially with Dean Lowry now on the bench. Uh, the defensive line definitely is starting to look a little better, you know, with, without 94 out there. Yeah. And another, another shout out I wanted to, uh, to just say quickly was Hollins for his sack of uh, cousins. And that resulted in, in a nine yard loss. Uh, that was good to see from him. We haven't seen much of him. So uh, that was that was, it was just good all around. I mean, it really was, it, it it was just truly, you know, we touched on it a little bit, um, but it was a, a true complete game. I mean, there were contributions 
from all three phases finally um you know i i don't i don't know i truly think that if they keep this up we really do have a real shot at making it to the playoffs and even the super bowl i mean we really do if we play like we did yesterday from here on out man we are that's the thing about the Packers. That is part of the reason why I love this team. They do well when people count them out. It has been just historically speaking, that's always been the case. Well, I won't say always, but it's, you know, namely the case. And it is just, you know, everyone, even fans were, were writing them off and, you know, we were, we, we were too. Um, I mean, everyone was, and even, you know, even some of the players, um, I think were, were wondering if, if things were going to turn around, but damn, did they ever. And, um, it is just, yeah, I, I really, really hope that we can keep this up because I, I believe, I truly believe that, uh, and, you know, I, I did say it at the beginning when we started recording this podcast that if we go in as wild cards, I think that's really, really um, our best shot at, at making the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really, you know, they've, we've been, they've had struggled putting pieces together all year. Yes. You know, there've been flashes and all that. And they actually finally put it together. And now all of a sudden people are talking like the Packers are somebody you don't want to face on the playoffs. That's great. You know, it's kind of weird to be seen that way, but uh, especially as a wild card, but the NFC is so wide open right now. Um, I'm still wary personally of the Buccaneers. You know, they have, have, they've been, they've been, they've struggled too all season. Uh, But you know, it's, it's still, there's, there's something about that. I'm like this season's setting up to be another where Tom Brady's going to go back asswards into the, into another Super Bowl that's been, been my nightmare situation just with how goofy the year has been. But yeah, Green Bay, if they if they could get in, you know, you got to get in first. But, you know, that first game is probably looking like it might, could be at San Francisco, which house of nightmares oh, <laughs> in terms of the playoffs. Oh, but, no, you know, getting, yes. Getting, getting, ahead of, getting ahead of myself a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, just even getting in, considering where they were, is a monumental achievement at this point. You know, I hate talking about house house money, you know, because I, 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 that is kind of a defeatist attitude a bit, but just getting in is a re- would be a remarkable achievement. I mean, hell, we'll, t- we'll talk about it later, but just even being where they are right now is unbelievable. Just the mood, the, just the, the change from just a few weeks ago is unbelievable. But yeah, great, great, complete game. You know, they're in position to, everything is in front of them as the cliche goes, and they're, they're, sit- they're sitting pretty right now. Yeah, I mean they they truly write their own destiny. Their destiny is in is in each of their hands. So it's up to them what they do with it. And and we, you know, we saw yesterday that they they want it. They still want it. They have life and they have fight in them. So it's it's just unbelievable. It's really, really freaking cool to see. Um so Jair Alexander, oh man, did he have some fun rubbing it, rubbing it in uh, Jefferson's face yesterday, especially considering um, the last time we played the Vikings, it was a much different story, but he reminded everyone why he's one of the highest pick corners in the league. I mean, in his own words, he said, uh, in part, he's not a good corner. He's a great corner. And he, with the help of uh, the Packers game plan, held Jefferson to just one catch on five targets for 15 yards. That's unbelievable. I mean, Jefferson is truly one of the best receivers in the game. And that stat right there tells you everything you need to know about yesterday's performance by every single Packer player. Yeah. The, when he, when he broke out the gritty after that, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, Justin, I'm like, Oh, Jerry. I said that that could come back to bite you, but you know, this is, you know, at least 
to Joe Barry's credit this time, at least he learned from that last game, that first game, you know, Jair was barely on Jefferson and asked after the game, Jair's like, I was told to do something else, you know, not fully throwing his coach under the bus, but a little bit, you know, to his credit, at least he learned. Um, and that's why Alexander needs to be on the, the best receiver and to see Jefferson throwing his hat, you know, his helmet on the ground on the sideline and just kind of having a, having a tantrum, so to speak, just that's anytime you see a Vikings player doing that on the sideline against the Packers, it's, it's good for the soul. Um, he accidentally hit the, uh, the ref in the back. He of the did. Head. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's lucky. He's, he's actually lucky. He wasn't ejected for that. I think per the rule, if you follow the letter to the T, you know, that, that could have been a contacting an official is usually an instant ejection, but Jair pretty much ejected him from the game anyway before that, just because he wasn't even. Oh, burn! Uh, he I wasn't even. Um, but yeah, it. You know, he. That's why Jair. You know, with with Jair, sometimes I'm an old enough soul that I think sometimes the the swagger kind of on occasion rubs me the wrong way, especially with the way the season's gone. Sometimes, but I mean, when you can back it up like that, like then it's a lot of fun. And I don't know if anybody saw <laughs> saw him after the game. He had that oversized, that goofy oh, overhead, hat. that that hat. Uh, when I first saw that, I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, is that a graphic error with TV? Like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, that's just Jire being Jire. So, um, the big ass hat for a big ass win. Yeah, it's just, um, I, he is, as the kids say, an entire vibe. Uh, but when you play like that, you, you go crazy. Um, and if he's got his mojo back, that's just one more layer to the Packers defense that. You know, they, I just, I can't believe, um, I still can't believe that performance. I mean, I thought he would do well against Jefferson, but this was, this is like when the Packers way back when held Barry Sanders, like negative four yards rushing back in the Holmgren days. Uh, This, that's just, I that, and I say that with the utmost respect to Justin Jefferson, who I think is the best receiver in the league. Uh, When you do that, you know, you've definitely earned a right to brag a little bit. Yeah, it's it was just simply incredible. Um, the dynamic duo we got uh, we got back uh, yesterday as well. So we had Jones and and Dylan um, back at it again. Jones, who saw more play time compared to the last couple of weeks, uh, due, just due to that you know injury injury flare ups is what we are assuming, and based on what Lafleur has said. Um, Made he made a massive 31 yard run on that third and one. Um, and he's having another thousand yard plus season, which is fantastic. I mean, not enough good things can be said about Aaron Jones, that's just unilaterally across the organization and and anyone who who knows him. I mean, he is just, he's a really standout player and he's also just a really standout guy. Um, the, the things that he does for the community and, um, he just, he's, I'm just, I love seeing good things happen to good people and, and, uh, he's worked for every bit of this, right? Like, it's not like it's handed to him. He has worked his ass off to, uh, to have another thousand plus yard season so it's just really really fun to uh to watch him play and I I am uh, savoring every every moment because we don't know what's going to happen next year but um and then you know Dylan we he got his seventh uh touchdown of 2022 it was his sixth in the last five games um that was at the top of the fourth bringing the score to 33-3 so um he really does when they, I mean, we've said it before, but when the temperature drops, man, he really does like his star just rises. He, he is good in the cold and he's good at Lambo. Yeah. You know, it's December, January. That's, that's, that's AJ Dillon season. I nicknamed him the snowplow last year. Uh, that's, it's definitely his time to shine. And that, that gives them just an additional boost you know, going into a potential playoff run. But getting back to Aaron Jones for a minute, uh, he's now over a 1,000 yards once again. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's – they they ran him – you know, he was a little beat up, you know, against Miami. We were wondering, like, where the hell is Aaron Jones? Why is – you know, 
what's he doing? Well, it turns out it looks like Matt LaFleur was resting him, looking ahead to this game, taking a calculated risk uh, that paid in dividends because he definitely looked recharged, uh, ready to go against Minnesota. And that's just one more element, especially with, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers not being his usual MVP self, you know, not, not bad by any stretch of the imagination this time, but, you know, they've gotten to the point where he doesn't need to be Superman and having somebody like Aaron Jones definitely helps. Uh, just a, another standout performance in what's been, I think, an underrated year for uh, Jones a little bit, but boy, that's, that running game is running into, is uh, falling into shape uh, just at the right time. Yeah, it's when when we can have and utilize both of them, um, it's it's always good. <laughs> it is always a good thing for us. So uh, they are definitely a dynamic duo, and um, man, are they good. So on the topic of Lafleur, um, you know, we've talked about it, we've touched on it in, in this podcast earlier in the season, especially during that, um, that losing streak that we didn't think would ever end it. I mean, he's found a way to fight through the adversity. He's like, he's found a way to make it work. Like you know, he said in his, so in the post-game presser, he said, in times of adversity, you find what you really have. I never felt at one point that there was any finger pointing. And then today, um, when asked what he's done differently, because, he, you know, they were obviously able to turn it around. Um, and now we're on a winning streak, which is a much better spot to be, especially at this point in the season. He said, in part, you try to be as consistent as possible, whether you're winning or losing. You can't put enough em- emphasis on the character of the people that you're around because you've seen it go the other way before. He is not a man who takes compliments or will uh, will you know <laughs> uh, just boast about himself. Um, he gives a lot of that credit to the people around him, but I think that speaks to the coach that he is. He will be the first to take blame, but not the you know the the last to take a compliment and to take credit. So um, whatever he is doing whatever they are as a, as an organization doing, they need to keep it up because they were able to turn it around. And now we're talking about, I mean, we're one game away, one win away from making the playoffs in a season that just seemed so hopeless and so over before. I mean, it's, it's a truly phenomenal thing. What LaFleur and the Packers have been able to do in the last four weeks, it's, it's really, it's really something special. Yeah. You know, we, I, I harped on him pretty, you know, pretty badly about his teams, not, you know, as soon as they get punched in the mouths, you know, they folded, collapsed soft, you know, turned into a child crying for their mommy, so to speak. You know, I was, I was tough, uh, but you know, the, he, Matt LaFleur has grown this year. Um, you know, he, you know, situate, we'll talk about this at the next half of the show, unfortunately. I mean, some of the situational stuff definitely needs to be improved on. But in terms of, you know, the team has learned to fight back. And I think that has helped Matt LaFleur as a coach and as a leader, you know, take that next step. You know, we're, you know, he's, he gets compared to McCarthy a lot. McCarthy, for all his warts, you know, no coach is perfect. Um, but for all of McCarthy's warts, his team's very rarely rolled over. They fought until the end. Uh, you know, Matt LaFleur is now his team is starting to adapt that where they're they're not out of they're not out of anything yet. They they claw back. And that's gonna serve him moving forward, not just this year, but you know, throughout the rest of his career in Green Bay. So definitely a welcome sight to see. Uh he's definitely, you know, shown a little the team definitely has some fortitude now, some intestinal fortitude, as they like to say. Uh and that's that's just gonna serve them well the rest of the season, however it ends, and then this especially, you know, moving forward. It's, it's pretty, pretty fantastic, uh, especially as, um, you know, a fan of, (laughs) of, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really, 
really, really cool. I am kind of speechless at, at where we are right now, considering, like I said, where we, uh, where we started. Um, Mason Crosby. Oh man. I could not believe that he made that field goal. So he made history again. We talked about him last week when he, um, beat the record for consecutive consecutive games played um as a packer he he beat Favre uh last week and this week he made history again with that 56 yard doink heard around the world um it is the longest field goal in Lambo history by a Packers kicker I mean I I truly I'm going to be real um I did not think that it was going in. I just, he's not, you know, he is older, right? Like he's, he's an older guy and he hasn't been as reliable on, on uh, over 50 yard field goals. Um, but man, if he did not sink it in like just barely, just barely, but just enough. And that's what counts. It was really fun. It was so, so cool to see the old man still got it. Yeah. I think it was text in our Slack chat. that's called a Mason crossbar. <laughs> you know, that, that got a hearty chuckle on out of me there, but uh, that, you know, he's, he's still got the leg, you know, there's, there's legitimate concern about him, you know, making kickoffs, but uh, being able to do kickoffs, but he's, he's still got the leg. I mean, that was an unbelievable, <laughs> excuse me, an unbelievable kick especially in the cold, you know, it wasn't frigid by any stretch of the imagination by Wisconsin standards, but, uh, you know, just, that was just an unbelievable kick, you know, the clang off the crossbar and in, you know, just showed kind of symbolic in a way of how everything's kind of been working out for the Packers, but uh, he's also coming up, um, he's kept coming up on Sebastian Janikowski um, on, for 11th on the NFL scoring list. Uh, for him to get, I can't remember who was 10th, but for him to get there, he'll have to play next year. You know, and that's something we'll have to watch. You know, that's, that's a discussion for after the season, but you know, when you get to top 10 in the scoring list, especially up against somebody like Janikowski, uh, I think we might want to start talking about maybe a trip to Canton for Crosby. I just underrated, you know, I, I, you know, there's, there's going to be a debate over that, but you know, when you hit that list, that's, that's one heck of a feather to have in your cap you know, as your career comes to a close. Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of old guys, (laughs) Rogers, uh, the old, old man Rogers appears to still have that fire in him. Um, He scored his 35th rushing touchdown of his career yesterday uh, with that that good old fashioned pump fake that he does so well, and uh, it tricked the Vikings <laughs> defense just enough to have him be able to run it in. Um, it was it was cool to see. I mean, it, you know, Rogers, especially as he's nearing the end of his career, um, it is not that often that we see him get the the touchdowns. Um, I mean, it's. It's just, it's cool to see. And something like it was a negative. It was when he got sacked and, and the, uh, the ball, um, well, at first they were thinking it was a, a fumble and, and fumble recovery, but during which he put his body on the line and tackled the, tackled the Viking. I mean, he, he he's not young anymore. So for him to do that, it, it really shows that he wants this, like he, his heart is still in it. And there was a point in the season where we weren't sure. I mean, it, it just didn't seem like he cared anymore. Um, not to the extent that he, he used to, but I mean, it's clear that, that he does. And, and it's, it's a great thing to see. Yeah. Somebody definitely lit a fire under him um, and in him, you know, whether that was, you know, self, self-induced or if you know Matt LaFleur kind of gave him a little bit of a kick in the pants like dude this is going to be your legacy is this how you want to go out you know kind of a thing you know if you dangle that legacy carry in front of Rodgers he's uh 
he's uh you know he's self-conscious enough that i think that that probably woke him up a bit but you know we've been talking about this leadership thing for a while you know laying his body on the line this is kind of what we needed to see or what we hope to see from him uh definitely a welcome sight you know he's definitely not while playing solid i mean i still think you know there's still some issues you know deep shots that are a little unnecessary, you know, some of the hero ball stuff, but you know, when you're winning like this, you know, I can, I can overlook a little bit of that. You know, it's not costing them games, especially when you're winning by 24, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's showing the heart and I think he's realizing that, you know, there's, there's help around him that he doesn't have to do it all. And like we said, he doesn't have to be Superman right now, so to speak. And I think, you know, you look at some of the other quarterbacks, like he's, he's nowhere near, you know, Peyton Manning in 2015 in Denver in his last season had a historic defense. Uh, Green Bay definitely does not have that, but, you know, I think he's starting to lean on his teammates a little more. And, you know, his, he's got every stat he needs. Like, just do what you need to do to win, dude. Uh, and it looks like he's starting to learn that. Hopefully he continues to lean into that next week and hopefully into the playoffs. And hopefully to the Super Bowl. Um, but one game at a time, we still got the lions coming up. So, um, that pretty much does it for the cheddar section of our show. We had a lot of good things to chat about this time, which is, uh, which is always much, much more fun than talking about the worst, but, um, we will be right back after this break and we'll dive into just a few little, few little nitpicks, if you will. Um, so, so we'll see you, see you here in a bit. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back. So anytime you beat... You know, when you're sitting at seven and eight and you're being an opponent that's 12 and three and you win by 24, really kind of hard to find some flaws, definitely some nitpicks in the game. You know, in terms of Green Bay's performance, there is one. Uh, we'll get to that. But just in terms of, you know, kind of the bigger stuff, you know, big picture, uh, the officiating yesterday, I can't really say this is bad per se, because I feel like it was called consistently on both sides. Like if you're going to play fast and loose with the rules, you know, it, they, they definitely did let it go both ways. So I can't really nitpick there, but I, you know, they're, they were letting those, the, the secondaries play. I mean, there were a lot of questionable, you know, defensive pass interference, offensive pass interference, you know, just in terms of where the rules are, you know, playing loose like that, whereas some other games, you know, they might call, they definitely would call those games a little tighter. Uh, just, and once again, it's that inconsistency uh, enforcing the rule book with the NFL that, you know, I, I struggle a bit with in terms of officiating. Yeah. So this was, and this was also something we touched on, um, on the spaces at halftime was the refs just, you know, if they exactly like you said, I mean, it's, it's true. We, <laughs> we had a lot of non-calls, um, a non, non-PI calls, uh, for us on our side and then vice versa, um, which if that is how they want to do it, fine. And I did feel, I really did feel, I mean, with the exception, especially of which 
don't like this is 100% the right call that unnecessary roughness call that they called on the Packers. Um, it was Walker and if we're, I think Douglas, I'm not sure, but they essentially pulled a wrestling move on the, uh, the offense uh, as opposed to, they just threw like threw him down like a rag doll. It was really aggressive and completely unnecessary. So that they called, which makes sense. And they should have rightfully so. The PI calls and things like that, they didn't call on either side of the ball, like I just said. So it, I do feel like it made the game flow a little bit better. And it it made it just allowed the guys to play football. And it, as long as it's even, as long as it's fair, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. It's, it is tough because um, I think those calls should be made. However, if neither of like, I don't, it's a weird, weird situation. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was frustrating. And then I was like, well, they're not doing it to the other side. So I guess we're fine. Um, And obviously the result was, uh, was more than favorable for us. So. Yeah, you know, there's always those jokes about the checks getting cash for the Packers that, you know, divisional rivals use, which I mean, whatever, it's a joke. But it, um, you know, if you're going to if you're going to be bad, at least be consistently bad on both sides, you know, so to speak. It's just kind of um, with the officiating, it's more about consistency than sometimes accuracy, I swear to God. But um, yeah, definitely something to watch. But uh, speaking of (laughs) I don't even I don't even know how to segue to this. Uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, before the game, blowing off the handshake with, you know, this wasn't even on, on the field, so to speak during the game, but he blowing off the handshake at the coin toss with Adrian Amos. It's like, dude, okay, I get it. You're not happy with the front office. Brian Gutekunst probably can be a jerk. You know, Rogers had an issue with him, uh, that since got worked out. He had the issue with Devonte Adams and now Zadarius Smith. So, you know, obviously I'm not saying, you know, Zedary Smith is clear to act like a jerk, but I mean, come on, dude, you know, Amos came in with you as a free agent, you know, and I get you're not happy with how it ended, but at least show some dignity, you know, show some class. You you played with these guys for three years, you know, it shows show some of it, you know, and then, you know, at least he got his comeuppance in the end, uh, basically by being a non-factor in the game. But, you know, I think even, you know, Zedary Smith turning from hero to villain has been Farvian in terms of, you know, going from Green Bay to Minnesota. Um, you know, he's had a great season to give him credit. You know, he's, he's played well, but, you know, I just, I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Like show, show some class. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting. So per Dermovsky, um, Amos had said he, he already knew, he said, quote, I already knew he was going to do that. That's why I walked to him. There's no disrespect. That's why we were both laughing. He went to another team, thinks he's been wronged. So he, Amos went up for, or went up to him and and gave him a hug. Um, So while they didn't shake hands, they, you know, Z did give him a hug. However, um, it is, a after the game, he was the first Viking back in the locker room. He didn't stick around for any amount of time. Like I understand competitive spirit. I really, really do. And those types of losses, they sting more than others, right? I mean, especially when you have the sorted past with the team that you're playing against and it's a division rival and you didn't do well yourself in the game. I get all that. It just, you know, it's part of the game and it just doesn't look great on Zedarius. And I mean, he, yeah, it's just, it's kind of shocking how he's acting a little bit because he was so much of the heart of the Packers when he was with us. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was, it's just a strange thing, but it just doesn't look, doesn't look great. Yeah. You know, he, it's definitely a bad look for him. I, I don't get it. I mean, it's, 
He is following in the tradition, however, of many embittered Green Bay Packers going to Minnesota, uh, then kind of acting like a toolbox. So I, I don't know what's in the water over there, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, it stinks because he was so beloved for a couple of years here and really did make a positive impact on the locker room. I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but yeah, just kind of a, you know, just a different, just kind of a, just kind of a bum, bad situation there. But, you know, he's an adult. He can say and do what he wants. You know, it is what it is, as much as I hate that expression. Um, you know, and speaking of embittered, who boy, bad luck for some. I'm going to say some Vikings fans here, you know, after the game, you know, you just got beat by 24 points. I mean, the Packers have been on their ends of these beatdowns before, too. Um, you know, all the, you know, there was the, the, I called it skull and on, on Twitter yesterday. And some of the stuff's just, how did the Packers luck into back-to-back home games? That's like, that's crazy. I'm like, that, that happens semi-regularly at the end of the year. They've had <laughs> back-to-back road games too. It's like, what? And then parts of the field where the grass was a different height that some idiot on Twitter aired, like, uh, part, but apparently it only benefited the Packers. Like what? I mean, I get it. You're a franchise that's had, you know, the Vikings, you know, nobody really knew what to expect out of them this year. They've, they've, they've succeeded beyond, I think, what any even optimist would think how they were going to do. And I get when you have kind of that <clears throat> history that the Vikings have had in terms of success, you're a little insecure when it comes to on-field success. I get it. You know, with Scott, so we went through that with the Bucks for a while, you know, and the, you know, when the Bucks started winning, it was kind of, we didn't, we weren't quite sure how to act. So, I mean, I sincerely, sincerely, I do, I do believe that, but it's like, come on, live in reality. You got pants, you got beat, you know, if, you know, it's just, you get, you got to be able to take that, you know, and that, that could end up serving the Vikings well, you know, looking down the road, but I just, you know, if you're, if you're going to slam the Packers, make sure you're based in reality and not fantasy. Um, it's, it's a societal thing, but you know, in general, but, you know, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna backhand the Packers like that, make sure it's based in facts and not delusions. I just I don't understand that that narrative at all. We had one um, one person uh, in our comments on Twitter when I was live tweeting the game, and they uh, they were saying something about the turf at Lambeau, and I was like, um, it's not turf; it's grass. So your comment is null and void. It means nothing. <laughs> Like, it was just uh, really strange because like, you like, I get it. I do. I really understand. Like, it's great that, that Vikings fans are so passionate. It really, really is. I get it. I'm very passionate about the Packers. I think, I think you just have to accept the fact that we did win, but you guys beat us in the first, you know, the first time in this season. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't get it, but I also like, I can understand the being upset and being just like frustrated that it it happened the way that it did. Um, especially considering the team, the Packers have been this season, they're probably like shocked just like everyone else was right. No one saw that coming, not even Packers fans. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, I, it, we won, right. So there's nothing else to say. <laughs> well, and it's crazy. So the Packers won by the same margin the Vikings did. So they split the series. The point differential between the two teams is flat, you know, so it was, it was a true split of the series. You know, the Packers lost 31 to seven. Uh, then they lost, uh, and the, then they won 41, 17 today. That's 24 points each direction. So it was a true, true draw between the two teams this year, even though Minnesota won the division uh, running away. But I mean, if you're going to come at at least, at least base it in facts, like I just, I, I don't understand. And, you know, the, we can get into, and I, I didn't put it in the notes here and I, I could have, um, you know, in terms of the Vikings being negative point differential, but being 12 and four, you know, when you're talking about a team that could regress next year, um, Minnesota might be it, but, you know, the 11 and 0 in one score games, that's, that's not just uh, some of that uh, is luck, I'm sure, but, you know, that's, that's just an unbelievable stat. So I do have to tip my hat to them um, in that regard. But 
Uh, in terms of the Packers, you know, in terms of stuff to improve on, you know, just fourth down, you know, situational football, um, as I said earlier. You know, the red zone, you know, where they've been, there were so many, you know, the past couple of years, still a struggle. Then especially on fourth down, like, dude, if you're at the goal line, why are we running cute? Why are we running cute routes? Like, you've got a bowling ball. Just keep it simple, stupid. Just pound pound the ball up the middle with A.J. Dillon and get your six points and go about your day. I just, I, I still do not understand, you know, some of the situational decisions Matt LaFleur is making. But when you're, when you're playing like that, you know, it's really hard to nitpick. But, again, it's been a trend all year. And when you're going to be facing some tougher teams in the playoffs, you know, that's something they definitely got to definitely got to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. It has been an issue um, all season. It's something that we've seen time and time again this season. And, um, you know, it used to be, used to be the gold zone and now, uh, now it's, it's it's very much not. (laughs) It's the the bronze zone. (laughs) Now it's the no zone. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We just can't can't do it like we have been up till, you know, up until this, this season. So hopefully we are able to, to correct that. Um, Because if we do beat the lions next week, we've got a a long, hard battle in the playoffs um, in order to make it to the game that counts. So we'll see. Yep. So green Bay by all accounts is probably going to be the seventh seed. If they are going to be the seventh seed, if they get in, Um, so next week, let's look ahead to Detroit here quick. It's going to be, this is sad, but you know, I, we all knew this was coming. It is the final game at Lambeau field for this season. Um, that's, you know, sad to see, but you know, at least given where they were, I mean, they're going down fighting, you know, they're going to give, they're going to give the home fans a proper send off, uh, playing with Detroit playoff spot on the line, win and you're in. Uh, you know, we, this was something, you know, initially, you know, earlier in the season, we probably were like, oh, it's, you know, it's Detroit, you know, this is before Green Bay lost to them at Ford Field, but, you know, they kind of probably had to dismiss, but Detroit, to their credit, these are not the same old Lions, uh, one and seven to eight and eight, um, mad respect to Dan Campbell, who I think won America's hearts during hard knocks, uh, this summer, but boy, Detroit is showing some fight, you know, especially with Jared Goff, you know, they, and on offense, they they really can score. Uh, definitely, definitely not going to be a uh, walk in the park, so to speak. So, if you think the Packers are going to just be able to breeze through this, uh, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, talk about a team who who knows adversity and uh, knows how to overcome this season. I mean, uh, I think. <laughs> I don't know that there is a more perfect coach for the Detroit Lions than Dan Campbell, um, just his attitude and his grit and what he has made of this team um, and the comeback that they have made this season as well. Uh, it was even more dramatic than ours. So uh, really, you know, it it really is not going to be easy. Um, there was last year and for, I mean, for so, so long playing the lions was, uh, was an afterthought. It was always a, yeah, yeah. It's the lions will win. Like no matter who, who we have playing, we can play our, our, uh, backups. We can, you know, second stringers. Um, but it's not that way, not anymore. And, um, you know, we only opened up as four and a half point favorites. Uh, we did get moved to prime time, which I'm very excited about, um, because it is, a, you know, it's either the lions or the Packers, right? Like the lions or no, what is the situation now? Cause the lions are, are they winning in or do they, are they relying on the I'm trying to remember. I can't keep track of all the scenarios. Do you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a little goofy here. So the Packers, bottom line, win and you're in. Yeah. Lose and they're pretty much out. Um so Detroit, so it's basically if Detroit can get in if they beat the Packers and Seattle loses. Seattle. Um so they 
they need Seattle. Green Bay will own the tiebreaker over Seattle. Um, but you know, with for Detroit, Detroit's got to win and Seattle needs to lose. So if Seattle, you know, Detroit very well could have nothing to play for, uh, depending on how Seattle does. So stay tuned for that one. Um, but I still think, you know, knowing how Dan Campbell is, if they're if the Seahawks so if the Seahawks win, it's either gonna be Seattle or Green Bay in that final spot. Um Seattle loses, uh, then it becomes a win and a win and in, and that's probably why the the you know, that's why they moved this game to prime time. Um so definitely something to watch. But I again I do have to give Dan Campbell a tremendous amount of credit. You know, he's been often fed table scraps by a front office that's not always at the top of their game. Uh, but, you know, in terms of Green Bay, it's another revenge game at home. You know, they they did not take care of business at all at Ford Field again. Uh, hopefully they can continue what they did against the Vikings and get up and, you know, make a comeback. But, uh, you know, and write that, write that previous wrong. But win or lose, you know, this will be a great note to kind of end our show on. Uh, win or lose. Yeah, I don't know what type of show we're going to have next week, depending on how this is, but I do want to take a moment just to say how incredible this run has been for the Packers. Win or lose next week, make the playoffs or not. Uh, they went down swinging. They did not They did not fold. They didn't go down sucking their thumb. You know, they are going to go down in a blaze of glory, which, you know, if you're going to go down, you know, that's that's the way to go on fire and, you know, doing giving it everything you had to make, you know, to, to get out of the hole, so. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really incredible. We've touched on it all throughout this episode, um, but it's worth repeating because it is truly phenomenal what they have been able to to do. And um, at the time that they needed to, um, they showed up and they they fought and they did not throw in the towel, not by any stretch, um, and. It's it's a really really special cool cool thing to see from uh, from this team because we aren't used to being in this spot that we are, um, but that you know they didn't let they didn't let anything or their record uh, stop them and that's that's really something to be proud of um, you know the the players and the organization they should take pride in that for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those where, you know, I, I was ready to write the season off. I think most of us were like, oh God, this season's going to be such a slog to get through. You know, they're, they're going to be terrible. You know, there was talk about embracing the tank, you know, to improve draft position, which, you know, is kind of a, to borrow McCarthyism, a polluted mindset. But I mean, I get it, especially, you know, because the Packers at that point, you know, look like they were going to turn the page on Aaron Rodgers. You know, that, that still may be the case, but you know, it's that it's a whole. You know, that he's he's got a whole different things to weigh now because of the way they've responded. So, um, it's definitely no, been a fun last half of the year. But yeah, and, it's and also the fact that nearly every single game that we needed to end in a in a specific way ended in that way that we needed it to. The like the reason that we have a shot at the playoffs right now is because those games went in our favor and that never happens. We were relying on so many other teams losing to get to the place where we are. And that just, I don't know. I mean, that to me seems like there is a, there is just a, a, larger power at work getting like this team in the spot that we're at right now into the playoffs. Um, I just, I think it's really, it's, it's a really cool thing that we're experiencing and it, it has made this last part of the season so exciting. I mean, every game counts and that that's that's a fun spot to be in. Um, it's also a nerve wracking spot to be in, but <laughs> it's a it's a good place, good place to be. Yeah, they, you know, even though it's been a shorter, you know, they still had to play five games versus six, you know, versus that run the table year back in twenty sixteen. It's definitely been a you know, it feels like it feels like the odds were even longer, despite they were shorter game, you know, despite playing one one fewer game, so. 
Uh, not sure what Sunday's going to bring. Um, I'm just going to enjoy it. It's nice to be having, you know, that we're talking, you know, playing competent, you know, meaningful football at this time of year because the alternative sucks. And boy, I'm glad that I'm glad the season turned out the way it did. I mean, obviously, I'd rather be in Minnesota's position to have the division wrapped, but maybe this is what the Packers need after the last couple of years, like you said, way at the beginning of the season. So uh, we will just have to wait and see. Uh, but that will do it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully celebrating a Packers playoff berth. Uh, probably have probably have an idea of we actually we will know by then uh, who and when they will be playing. Uh, but until then, uh, wish everybody the best. Happy New Year! Uh, hopefully, we are celebrating next week. And uh, go Pack Go! Happy New Year! Go Pack Go! We'll see you guys next week.